Christ. So, Father, we just pray for your blessing. Pray for you to use this message to glorify yourself, and we'll thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated. Years ago, I heard a preacher say that if you preach to broken hearts, you will always have an audience. If you preach to broken hearts, you'll always have an audience. Why? Because there's usually in a crowd this size, people's hearts are breaking. People are bearing burdens. People are going through some things in their life. They're carrying, carrying uh, loads uh, that, uh, that are heavy on them. And, and, you know, people's hearts are broken. You know, this morning I was, I was begging God all week as I was preparing for this message. Lord, what does part of you need? What do the people of Parkview need to hear from me? I, I, I'm, I'm nobody, I'm nothing, I'm just a messenger sent by God at this moment, for this day, in this, in this pulpit, and I want God's message, I don't want something that I could give you that, that would, you know, maybe eloquent, well, maybe not eloquent, but, uh, but, but at least be something that, that I, would, I would work up. And I really spent a lot of time in prayer, and this is what the Lord laid on my heart. You know, God's called my wife and I to a ministry to help the hurting, Amen. And there's hurting people all over the world. And there, there could be that there's hurting people in this building right now. You're here with heavy hearts. You're bearing a burden that others may know nothing about. You're going through a trial that no one may... You may even feel that others don't care about your burden. But I want you to know that there's someone that I know that deeply cares about what you're going through. He cares about what problems you're bearing. He cares about whatever it is that your heart is heavy for today. You know, it may be that your heartache has brought you to Parkview Baptist Church this morning. You may have got up this morning heavy laden, bearing a burden and said, you know what, I'm going to go down to church and I'm going to find out if God can help me. Like I said, I know a lot of faces that are here today, but there's a lot of faces I don't know. I don't know the condition of anybody's heart that's in this room right now. But you may be here today, and the whole reason you're sitting in that pew right now is because you're bearing a burden. And you've come to church. Can I tell you something, friend? You don't need religion. You don't need religion. You've come to a Baptist church, yes. You've come to a place where hopefully you've come and said, hopefully I can get some help for whatever it is that's bothering you. But friend, you don't need to become a Baptist. What you need is a relationship. You need a relationship with God the Father, the God that we read about here in the Bible, the God of all comfort. And He wants to comfort you today, but my friend, you need to know Him. You need to have a relationship with Him. And the only way that you can have a relationship with the Father is through the Son, Jesus Christ. You need to know the Savior, Jesus Christ. He said in John chapter 14, verse 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. There's only one way that you can have a relationship with God the God of the universe, the God that created everything. There's only one way that you can have that relationship, and that is through Christ. It's not through being a Baptist. It's not through religion, friend. Because religion will tell you, you need to do this, you need to do this, and you need to do this. But the Bible says it's done. It's already been paid for at the cross of Calvary. God wants the, 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 the songs that, the, that the, uh, they sang in the special today uh, about heaven. If you don't know that you've got heaven as your home, friend, you need to come to Christ. You need to come and meet the Lord and the Savior, Jesus Christ, because it was Him, He that died on the cross for your sin. This morning, I want you to examine your heart and see if you know God. If you know the God of all comfort. Do you know the one that we're reading about in the Bible today? Now, you may be here today and you say, 
Pastor, I know that I've trusted Christ as my Savior. I know that I've been born into the family of God. I know that, but you're still carrying a heavy burden. Amen? You know, it's one thing about the Christian life. A lot of people think, well, if I get saved and I trust Jesus Christ as my Savior, life is going to be easy and everything's going to go smooth from now on out and I'm just going to rest on my blessed assurance until I ride into heaven. Amen. Well, I got news for you, friend. Nothing could be further from the truth. Everybody is going to bear burdens. Everyone's going to have some problems. You're going to have trials in your life today. Even as a child of God. And you may be sitting here today saved on your way to heaven. You know it. Member of Parkview Baptist Church, a good church, got a good pastor, got good people all around you. But you're still carrying a heavy load today. Your heart's breaking. Whatever it is you're going through today, may I tell you, the God of all comfort wants to comfort you today. The Lord wants to, you may not understand why you're going through what you're going through, but you're in a place today that's hard on your heart. You need some peace. You need some comfort. So today I pray that, that we'll all leave here with a deeper sense of the peace of God and look at the God of all comfort. First of all, I want you to understand it's supplied comfort. It is supplied comfort. The Bible says he's the father of mercies and the God of all comfort. True comfort in our trials comes from God. It doesn't come from, hey, bail me out of my problems. Get me out of this, get me out of this issue. Lord, if you just drop uh, $10,000 in my lap, I'd be fine. But you know what? That's really not true. The God of all comfort wants to comfort you and comfort your heart today. In, in verse, number, verse number five, it says that for as the sufferings of Christ abound in us, so, all, uh, so our consolation also aboundeth by Christ. Consolation, comfort, consoling. The Lord wants to console you today. The Lord wants to draw close to you, put his arms around you, spiritually speaking, and hold you close to him so that you can understand his comfort. Go to, go to God for a spiritual hug, amen? You know, God many times uses people to comfort us, doesn't he? He'll use a family member, he'll use a friend, he'll use a brother and sister in Christ, maybe even a, a co-worker. Someone that realizes that you're going through a hard time sent by God to help you in your time of need. <clears throat> but there's many times where our, our pain is private. Where nobody else knows what we're going through. Let me stop and say this, friend. If you're going through a difficult time and nobody else knows about it, and this may be a hard concept for you to get, but no one can help you if they don't know what you're going through. Don't be ashamed. Don't be so prideful to say, you know what? I'm struggling with something. Can you pray for me? Can you help me? Let people know what you're going through. In particular, let your pastor know. Let the man of God know so that he can help you. A lot of times people get upset and they get mad at the preacher. They get mad at the people in the church because nobody cares about what they're going through. And the fact is, nobody knows what you're going through. That's free. It's not in my notes, but I just thought I'd throw that in there. You know, there's some hurt that we have, though, that you and I can't share. And a lot of times we hurt and people know about it, but they don't know how to help. They want to, but they just don't know. They don't know how to help you. And a lot of times we just feel alone. 
there's a fella that uh, was in a church that, that we recently were at, and that, where I preached, and, and uh, was talking about how to help people, how to help people that are going through a difficult time. He came up to me after the service, and he said, hey, preacher, you know what? I had a, I've got a friend who we as couples used to go out to dinner together. We used to do things together. We used to uh, always have fun together. We'd get together on a regular basis and just have a good time. Well, my, uh, He said, but my friend's wife died about a year and a half ago. And he said, you know what? I haven't gone and seen that man for a year and a half because I didn't know what to say. Wanted to help him, but he didn't know what to say. He said, I realize today I don't need to know what to say. I don't have to say anything. Just be there. Just be there. And it was it was gratifying to me to know that, hey, he was paying attention to what I was saying, but but knowing that someone was getting ready to get help because somebody else cared enough to go and just not say anything. We need to realize that many times people don't know how to help us, so a lot of times they avoid the uncomfortable talks. Because, we, after all, we all want to have the answers, right? We all want to have the answers. So if somebody's going through a difficult time, we want to be able to tell them, oh, well, you do this, or you do that, or you do this, and, yeah, and everything's going to be just fine. Well, the fact of the matter is, no! It's not going to be fine. People hurt. They just need somebody there for them. Amen? <clears throat> There's times when no one will be there for it, and those are the times we have to turn our hearts towards heaven. Those are the times, friend. Nobody cares. It doesn't seem like people care. We're all alone. We hurt deeply. And the last person we're going to go to is the God of all comfort. We need to turn our hearts towards heaven in the person of the Holy Spirit of God. God has promised to give his children comfort today. He has promised to give us comfort. Keep your place in in 2 Corinthians, but turn back to John chapter 14. The Gospel of John chapter 14. Keep your Bibles close. I'm going to get you moving around in a little bit this morning. John chapter 14 and verse number 15. John 14, 15, Jesus is speaking. He says, if you love me, keep my commandments. And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but ye know him. For he dwelleth with you, and shall be in you. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. Jesus said, I am not going to leave you comfortless friend the spirit of god that's going to come and dwell inside you as a child of god you're born again you know jesus christ is your savior you know if you were to die right this minute you'd be you're on your way to heaven friend the spirit that dwells inside of you the promise of god is the comforter in our lives in our trials in our heartache in our pain the spirit of god is there abiding in us and wants to give us comfort You know, we know by the authority of the Spirit of God, we always have comfort available to us. Amen? It's supplied comfort. Then I want you to understand that it's sufficient comfort. Verse number 4, he says, Who comforteth us in most of our tribulation. Is that what the Bible says? It says, Who comforteth us in all 
all. Every situation that we go through, every heartache, every pain, every problem that comes into our life, friend, comfort is available through the Spirit of God. To all, it's sufficient comfort. It's comfort is sufficient for every one of our trials. We need to understand that the grace and strength is always available in every situation that we go through in our life. You know, the Apostle Paul, oh, I'm getting ahead of myself here. I want you to turn in your Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 12. That's where we're going to go. The sufficient grace of God. Familiar portion of scriptures. This is one of my favorite passages of scripture, to be honest with you, in the word of God. 2 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 7. 2 Corinthians 12, 7, the Bible says, Unless I should be exalted above measure, through the abundance of the revelation, there was given me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. For this thing I besought the Lord thrice, that it might depart from me. And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for in my strength, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distresses, for Christ's sake, for when I am weak, then am I strong. Hey, the Apostle Paul said that that God spoke to him and said his grace is sufficient. We need to understand, again, that God's grace is always available to us. God's strength is always available to us, no matter what we're going through. Paul did not want the thorn in his flesh. You understand that, right? He didn't want what he had. He didn't want the problem, the trial, the heartache that he was going through. He didn't want, he probably thought, you know what, God, if you take this away from me, because he prayed three times that God would, right? He, God, if you take this away, I could minister better to the Gentiles. Right? I could work for you, I could serve you better without this thorn. Isn't that us? You know, Lord, this problem that I've got in my life, this heartache that i got in my life, this pain that I'm going through right now, I could really probably serve you a whole lot better without it. But then God said to Paul, Paul, my grace is sufficient for you. What you're going through, you're going to go through, but I'm going to go through it with you. You're not going to be alone. Uh, You're not going to be suffering in science. You're not going to be all alone. I'm going to be with you through it all. My grace is sufficient for you, Paul. And then Paul realized that that thorn, that problem, that thing that he hated and did not want was the very source of the power of God. Amen? The very source of the grace and the power that he wanted, that he needed in his life, To be the preacher that he was. To be the Christian that he was. To live for Christ. He said, when I am weak, then am I strong. Sufficient grace is for all our trials. Now I want to dispel something, and if Pastor Brown disagrees with me, he's right. Okay? We'll just end that right now. But I have said, and you have heard, God will never give you more than you can handle. You ever heard that? God will never give you, my friend, more than you can handle. Well, I'm going to tell you something right now, friend. That's not biblical. God will regularly give you more than you can handle. You know, stop and think about that statement for a minute. 
I was saved by God. I'm kept by God. I'm built up by God. I'm strengthened by God, but I can handle my trials all myself. Makes no sense, does it? The text verse that people use, the, the proof text, is 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape that ye may be able to bear it. Right? Now, we have to take the word of God in context. I'm going to give you a little Bible lesson real quick. Whenever you see a verse of scripture, the best thing to do if you want to get it in context is read the seven verses prior to that and the seven verses after that, all right? We're not going to go there for time's sake, but if you read 1 Corinthians chapter 10, it talks all about Israel's sin and rebellion against God. The verse prior to this, in verse number 12, it says, um, Let him that thinketh he standeth take heed lest he fall. So he's talking about sin and rebellion and all these things that the nation of Israel did wrong. And then all of a sudden in the midst of it, he switches gears and starts talking about your and my trials. No, friend. In context, that verse means there is no temptation for you to sin that is not com- that is that has come to you that is not common with man. All right? But what's he going to do? He's going to provide a way for you and I to escape what? The temptation, not the trial in your life. But the point is this. He is going to allow things in your life and in my life we can't handle. Amen. Why? So we'll look up. And here's what I want you to understand something, child of God. If you're going through a trial today and you're thinking, I must be very weak. Because you've heard that. Someone's told you that in the past. That, you know, hey, whatever you're going through, you know, God's not going to give you more than you can handle. And you start thinking, man, why is God allowing me to go through all this? I can't handle it. Amen. Amen. You can't. Just like Paul couldn't handle the thorn in his flesh. He hated the thorn in his flesh. He couldn't handle it. But God said, my grace is sufficient. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7 says, Casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. How much of our care? All of our care. Paul's thorn was obviously more than he could handle once he gave it to the Lord and accepted it in his life. He got sufficient grace and the comfort of God, and he got the power of God to deal with the problem he was going through. So it's supplied comfort, it's sufficient comfort. And then you know what, friend? It's shared comfort. It's shared comfort. Verse number 4 again. Oops, I told you to stay there, but I got away from first, or Second Corinthians chapter 1, verse 4. Who comforted us in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. We are to share the comfort of God with other people. Remember, God brings comfort to us through people many times. And God wants to use every one of us in this room today to help bring comfort to someone else. Someone that's going through trial, someone that's going through heartache. We need to be willing to open ourselves up and go and help them. There is a purpose to our pain, friend. Whatever it is you're going through today, it builds our faith, it shows faith, it shows God's power, it provides peace that passeth all understanding. But it also is to build a testimony 
for the glory of God. God wants to use you, he wants to use me to show his power to the lost world and those that are around us. When we go through a trial, it's a blessing to have someone come alongside and comfort us, isn't it? Man, I'll tell you what, there's people in this church, I'm not going to call you out, but you know who you are. Down through the years, down through all the trials that my wife and I endured with our son John, we're there. The man that fills this pulpit, whom place I am honored to stand in today, spent him and his poor wife, man, we wore him out going down to Children's in Detroit and going to Ann Arbor. It's a blessing to have someone come alongside. And you know what? That's what, something else I appreciate about Pastor Brown. He never tried to have all the answers. He never tried to tell me, well, you need, brother, you need to do this, that. No, no, it was just, he would just be there. He'd cry with me. He'd pray with us. He'd bring Johnny candy. Amen. <clears throat> you know, God will bring comfort to us in our trials so that you and I can bring comfort to other people. You know, we're abnormal. I don't know if you know that or not. We're different, or at least we're supposed to be, amen? We're supposed to be different. world watches us and wonders how come our lives aren't falling apart in the midst of our trials. You know why? It's called the comfort of God. You know, people look at you and they think you're crazy because they know their life would be falling apart. Many times we have difficulty relating to lost people, don't we? I mean, hey, a lot of you grew up in Christian homes. Man, what a great testimony it is. The best testimony, young people listen to me, the best testimony you can have, you know, sometimes you look at all these, these people come around, they got these great testimonies, yeah, I did drugs, I was drunk, I did all these things wrong, yeah, man, then God saved me out of all that. You've already been saved out of all that, amen? Hey, your best testimony you can have is I grew up in a Christian home, I, I, I got old, and I, I died serving Jesus, amen? Best testimony you can have. But you know what? It's hard to relate to the drunk, isn't it? It's hard to relate to the druggie. It's hard to relate to people that are, that, are, that are in a different situation in life. And we all want to connect with the lost somehow or another so that we can bring them to Christ. We want to find a way that we can connect with them. Uh, people of different races, people of different ages, people of different uh, economic backgrounds, whatever it may be. We want to try to connect to them, and a lot of times we just can't. But can I tell you something, friend? There is one thing we all have in common. And that's trials. We all hurt. Whether you're saved, whether you're lost, everybody goes through problems. And that, my friend, is how you and I can connect to the lost people around us that are hurting. Like I said, they look at you and I and they think we're crazy. How can you deal with whatever you're dealing with? Your family's not falling apart. All these things are falling No, friend, because God's holding it together. The Lord's holding my life together. The Lord's given me what I need. I want you to turn into into Matthew chapter number 5. Back to Matthew chapter 5. I always say that the Christian life is the contrary life. (laughs) Because it goes contrary to our nature. It goes contrary to our, our, our flesh. Amen? It goes contrary to the things that we want. 
And this passage right here is probably one of the most contrary things in, in the Bible. You have heard that it has been said, is, I'm sorry, Matthew chapter 5, verse 43. You have heard that it has been said, Thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thine enemy. But I say unto you, love your enemies, bless them that curse you, and do good to them that hate you. Pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you, that ye may be children of the Father, of your Father which is in heaven. For he maketh the sun to rise on the evil and on the good, and sendeth rain on the just and on the unjust. For if ye love them which love you, what reward have ye? Do not even the publicans the same? And if you salute your brethren only, what do ye more than others? Do not even the publicans so? Be ye therefore perfect, even as your Father, which is in heaven, is perfect. Verse number 45 says, hey man, hey, Jesus is speaking in, in my vernacular, all right? He's telling his disciples, he's saying, hey, you know what? <clears throat> love your enemies, love those that hate you, pray for those that despitefully use you, because the lost world's going to think you're crazy. All right? The lost world's going to think you're crazy. But I want you to understand one thing. They've got problems. The rain's going to fall on them just like the rain's going to fall on you. The sun's going to shine on them just like the sun's going to shine on you. Child of God, you and I need to understand something today. The Lord wants us to connect with the lost in a way that they can understand. They hurt We hurt, and we got the answer, the comfort of God. Amen? We've got someone that we can go to and trust. That's why our life doesn't fall apart. That's why our families are still together. That's why things are going on in in our lives that hurt, and it's hard, and it's difficult. But you know what? I'm going to keep going forward for Christ. I'm going to still keep joy in my heart. I'm going to serve the Lord with all my heart, because He's with me. He's never left me, and He'll never leave me. And friend, they are going to come to you someday, and they're going to want to know why. Amen. There's a fellow I used to work with, and I made him mad. Amen. I was was preaching to him. I was always preaching to him. I made him mad. And he wouldn't talk to me for, man, for weeks, and it really bothered me. You know, and uh, and, uh, his father passed away. (laughs) When his father passed away, I told my wife, I said, we're going to go to the funeral. She goes, what? I said, yeah, we're going to go to the funeral. Went down to Inkster, where the funeral was. When the guy that I worked with saw us, he couldn't believe it that we came. So <laughs> he said, you have to meet my mother. Okay, we'd love to meet your mother. But you have to come to my house to do it. What? We had to drive all the way down through Inkster, go down the back roads and finally end up at his house. Got to the house, his brothers are sitting there drinking, smoking, playing poker. Their dad's laying in a funeral home. All right? You got to meet my mother. Oh, Ma's not here. We ended up having to sit in this guy's living room for, I don't know, it was probably 45 minutes. And then his mother finally showed up. Now, you need to tell my mother how nice I am. Well, yeah, Mrs. Matthews, he's a real nice guy. He's a good friend, blah, 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 blah. But you know what? You say, well, Pastor, did you get a chance to lead that guy to Christ? No, I never led him to Christ. But from that day forward... He, was, he stayed close to me, as close as he could. There was another fellow that used to call me John the Baptist. It was just the funniest thing. He just thought that was the greatest thing in the whole world. John the Baptist, boy. He just thought he really came up with something original, you know. 
they would make fun, and he would get guys around me, and they'd make fun of me, you know, because I didn't do all the things they did. And yeah, 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 they had a great time. Until the day is, he got a doctor's report that his wife had cancer. This guy was probably about six foot five, probably weighed 275. He's a big dude. Came to me, tears in his eyes. He said, I don't know if you got any power with God down at that church you go to. But will you pray for my wife? They think she's got cancer. He came here Easter Sunday morning for our breakfast. I was able to lead him to Christ about a month before he passed away. You see, friend, people want to connect. We need to want to connect with them in their trials. People want hope. People want answers. You're not going to have all the answers to the why, the big question, why is this, why that, why this, why. I don't know why, but I know one thing. The God of all comfort wants to help you get through whatever you're going through, and there's only one way to have a relationship with the God of all comfort, and that's through his son, Jesus Christ. If you're here today, and my friend, you may be religious, you may have gotten baptized here at Parkview, but you're not saved. You don't have a relationship with God. Can I tell you something today, friend? It's not worth it. It's not worth trying to fool everybody in the church. Your trials might have brought you to church today. Are you willing to admit that you're a sinner, agree with God? And willing to admit that there's no, you, can't, you can't get rid of your sin, friend. Well, my, God, my good works a lot way my bad. No, that's not how it works. That's man's way of thinking. God says, I gave my son the love of God that was saying about today. I gave my son on a cross for you to die for your sin to pay the penalty for you, you need to come to God, ask God to forgive you, accept Jesus Christ as your Savior, be born into the family of God, and then you'll have the comfort that you need through your trials. It's a supplied comfort. It's a promise that God will never leave us comfortless. Amen. Thank the Lord for that. Hey, child of God, you're going through some difficult times today. You're looking for help everywhere else, and it may seem like nobody cares. You know that God cares. Then it's a sufficient comfort in all our tribulation and all our trials and all our pain. God's grace is sufficient. He will. He will get you through. And then it's a shared comfort. Are you willing to take your testimony to that lost man at work that might be going through? Yeah, but Pastor, you don't understand. This man is hard to deal with. Amen. Maybe he's hard to deal with because his heart is so broken that only you can reach him. Are you willing to go to that neighbor that borrowed a rake from you two years ago and hasn't returned it? Hmm? The one that's cantankerous and nobody wants to get along with? Are you willing to go to somebody? Friend, God is building a testimony through the trials you're going through right now. You may not have the answers to the why, but you have the answers to the who. And that's our Father, amen, our Lord. Take the comfort of God to those that are around you. Friend, the lost needs to see some real Christianity, and real Christianity shows up when you're in the midst of a trial. Amen.
Father, we just come to you now, and Lord, we thank you so much for your love. We thank you, Lord, for this time that we could be together. And Father, in the quietness of this moment, I pray the Spirit of God would speak. I pray, Lord, that we would open our hearts right now to whatever it is that you have for us. Lord, maybe you're laying a person on someone's heart today that they need to go and talk to. Maybe there's someone here that does not know Christ as their Savior. Lord, I don't know the hearts of these people, but you sure do. And Lord, we ask you to comfort those that are in the midst of a trial. Lord, comfort those that need comfort the most right now. Lord, draw those that are closest to hell today. I pray that you'll do a work during this invitation. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Would anybody say with an uplifted hand today, Pastor Ashley, God spoke to my heart. I need to be born again. I need to be saved. I I want a relationship with God that I don't have today. And I realize today I need to come to Christ. Is there anyone like that? Put your hand up just so I can see it. Put it back down. I won't point you out. Thank you. I see that hand. I won't come to you. I won't point you out. But I sure pray for you. Anybody else? I need to receive Christ today. Anyone? All right, children of God, would you say with an uplifted hand, Pastor Ashley, God spoke to my heart. He put someone on my heart. Or I'm going through a trial, and this message has helped me. Pray for me. Can you raise your hand and say, that's me, Pastor? Oh, many, many hands. Many, many hands. Father, you've seen the hands that have been raised. Lord, you've seen this one that raised their hand and said that they're not sure they're saved today. I pray, Lord, that you would help them come to Christ. Give them the boldness, Lord, to come and to receive Jesus today. Father, I pray for those that raised their hand that said, you're working in their heart. I pray, Lord, that they would come today. And Lord, allow you to do a work. Whatever you have to do, whatever needs to be done, Lord, might it be done in these next few moments, we pray in Christ's name. Amen.